Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. I'm ministering to us a little bit more uh, over the realm of the soul today uh, because I really believe this is the... Uh, uh, this is the most important area uh, in the American culture, the most important area that needs restoration, that needs healing uh, in the American culture is the soul. And so I've been drawn to this, so we're just going to run with some of this for a little while. And uh, so I just encourage you in this. I would really love, I mean, I, I just, I, I hope that your heart, that your attitude is to soak this up so much so that you can become a minister of all that you're receiving. I hope that your goal, and I, I just declare this over you, that your goal is not just to come to church to to get changed or to get encouraged, but, but actually that you begin to be processed so deeply in transformation that you begin to see yourself in the process of ministering healing to others. And the majority, you know, the majority of those who are sick are going to doctors and they're going to hospitals. You know, you know what I'm saying? And we're doing a fairly good job with that in America. But the majority of those who have hurts in the soul don't know where to go. And uh, those of us who have hurts in the soul, we're going to all sorts of other realms uh, to medicate those hurts and those owies uh, because we really don't know where the answer is. And, and we could be packing around the answer. So everywhere we go, we can be dispensing the food that fills the soul, the food that, that ministers to the thirsty soul. Come on, somebody. How wonderful is that? Uh, God doesn't want a house where we just have one senior minister. You know, he doesn't want a house just where we have one minister. He wants a house where we have hundreds of ministers. When we leave this place, we're, we're, dis, we're, we're, we're sent out as those who not only have received truth, but we're dispensing truth. So we want to soak in this stuff. Amen? This is better than Paul Mollive, and that's an old commercial. That dates me right there. And this is better than Brill Cream, but a little dab won't do. You need more than a little dab to do you some... Bringing back some old commercials right there for the old people. Listen to Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19 and verse 7. We'll dig out of this as fast as we can. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, they are righteous altogether, they are more desirable than gold, yes, sweeter than honey, and the drippings of the honeycomb. Wow! Come on, the word of God is life to us. The Word of God is, is restoration to us. Can you say amen? Yeah. So a little bit more about the soul. Matthew 13 and 22, if you want to go there with me or we'll 
help you with the streams as much as possible. We've been talking especially about weeds within the soul. We've been talking about weeds within the soul. And, and part of the context of this has been me sharing with you that if there's weeds within our soul, then even if we're reading the Word, pursuing the Word, loving the Word, memorizing the Word, meditating the Word, if we have weeds within our soul from our history, from our past, and we gave you, last week we gave you 12 or 11 areas where these weeds can come and grow within the soul. And, and the Lord in this parable is comparing our heart to soil. And he's saying that these weeds have been cast into or planted into our soul. They're growing within us. And when the word comes along, sometimes the word doesn't do what it's meant to do. It doesn't produce after its kind. It doesn't produce as it ought because these weeds are growing up and choking out the word of God. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We are so glad that you're with us. We want you to call today, 922-1502. That's the 253 area code. Or email us as well at the Restored Institute. Restored Institute at Gmail. Restored Institute, all lowercase gmail. God bless you. We're going back into the program now. So Matthew 13, 22, here's what Jesus says. The one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world. Now that's not just worry of the world crisis in Afghanistan and, and wars, but the worry of the worldly mindset, the worry, the worry of the worldly perspective, the worry of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, the word is meant to produce after its own kind. If you read about God loving you, it should produce faith in that love and it should produce love within you. But if there's already thorns, weeds, contradictions to love, if you've already been told that God doesn't love you, if you've been deceived in some way concerning love or you've come to believe that you're not lovable, if you've listened to or submitted to or been affected by rejection, abandonment, betrayal, if you've been hurt and disappointed and bruised, then even that word of love from God can't grow like it should and it can't produce after its own kind because of that seed and those weeds or those thorns growing up and they choke out the word of God. The Word of God is a source of life. It's a source of hope. It's a source of faith. It's a source of good. That's why we should love the Word of God. We should pursue the Word. We should be reading the Word. We should be looking for the promises of God. We should be perusing through the Word and meditating the Word because it's the source of life and hope and love and faith and everything good. But sometimes it seems like the word is not working. And the issue is not that the word is not working. For the word will always work. How many of you, uh, maybe I shouldn't ask you to raise your hand, but some of you, you know, I mean, all of us, maybe we've thought at some point, wow, why isn't this word working? You know, I'm reading all these scriptures on this particular topic. How, how, come, you know, how come they seem so alive in this topic? And they seem so alive in this topic. But for me, it's like I, 
and I'm reading all the same scriptures they told me to read. It's not that the word is not working. It's weeds, it's thorns that are prevalent within the soil of our soul that are hindering the word. They're choking out the word and keeping the word from working and keeping the word from growing. But the word really is true. It's really good. It's meant to restore our souls. The word of God is poised to give us life, hope, new vision, a better way, and to deliver us. So listen to James 1.19. Go there with me. He says, listen, uh, 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 beloved brethren, verse 19, everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness. Now, his topic right there is anger. But now he's going to say, now there might be other things that are carnal, worldly, fleshly. And he says there might be other things other than anger. So he says, therefore, put aside all filthiness. Now, I'm reading out of the New American and I, I don't know what your translation might say, but put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. And that's interesting. He's writing to believers. James, the brother of Jesus, he's writing to believers. But he says, hey, you've got some things remaining in you that are of a wicked nature. They are of an unclean nature. Put them aside. Put them out. Put them out of your life. Put them aside. Get them out. Put them out. And in humility, receive the word implanted. Wow, this is the same kind of talk that we've been hearing. Receive the word, which needs to be implanted. One, one translation says, ingrafted. So where you've had the bad, cut it off, but plant in or graft in or, or sow in the good. Now receive in humility the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now, I think some of the other translations, the newer translations, like the NIV, might say, which is able to save your life. But the original Greek says soul. It's the word psyche. It's, it's from what we get, an understanding of mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination. You see, after you've come to Christ, after you've received him, after you've prayed a prayer like we prayed this morning, and your spirit has come alive unto God, your soul continues to need the regenerating work of God. We need training. We need renewal. We need to understand God's ways, those higher thoughts, the way he operates. We need to understand his word. We need to see his good intention. We need to begin to follow after him and know what it is to follow after him. So even after we come to Christ and our spirits have been regenerated, our souls have to be saved. He uses the word saved concerning the soul. Well, I thought I already was saved. I thought my soul was saved. You've been saved of the Spirit. You've been born of the Spirit, but now your soul needs to be cleansed, washed, transformed, regenerated, so that your whole life will begin to take on that new dimension. And until your soul is saved, or until you bring your soul into an agreement with the Word of God, which the Spirit of God is always bearing witness to, then to that degree you have things going on within your own heart, within your own mind, within, within that argument realm. 
And James calls that in chapter 1 also a double mind. As long as you've got a double mind, he says that's going to harm your faith. And anybody that has a double mind cannot expect to receive anything from God. Wow. You know what that tells me? I don't want to be in that category. Who wants to go to church, proclaim Christ, be a Christian, be born of the Spirit, but have a double mind in their soul and therefore never receive anything from God? Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in 5, exit 137, central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www.newhcc.com. That's newhcc.com. Come and discover a new horizon with us. If you want to call us by the telephone, 253-922-1502. We'd love to hear from you, love to connect, and get you to the Restored Life Seminar. Anybody want to live like that? I don't want to live like that. I want to be receiving from God. I want my soul to be alive and regenerated. I want every segment of my soul to be so alive with his word and so transformed. I've put out everything that remains of filthiness. I've put out everything that remains of wickedness. And I've accepted in humility the Word of God. Now, sometimes it takes humility to receive the Word of God. See, sometimes the Word of God comes along and it's really good and your just heart leaps at it. But sometimes, sometimes it's a backwards kingdom. The kingdom of God is a backwards kingdom, isn't it? And so sometimes when the Word comes, it calls us to do things that are God's higher ways that contradict the way we used to do it. And so we have to humble ourselves to receive that Word and drive out or put out or cast out that which contradicts. For instance, the way up is down in the kingdom of God. So if I want to be a leader, I need to be a servant. If I want to be a leader, I, want to be, I need to be a servant. If I want to be great, I need to be a servant. If I become a servant, then God will in due season promote me to become a great leader. When I become a great leader, then 1 Peter 5 says, Oh, you that are great leaders, don't forget to continue to do this out of a heart of a servant. Continue to lead out of a heart of a servant. Now that you've learned what it is to be a servant, continue to lead out of a heart of a servant. The kingdom's backwards. We, we want more, and so in the natural realm, we pursue more to get more, but the kingdom of God says if you want more, sow more. When you sow more, then you position yourself to receive more. And so again, those words come to us and our, our soul, that which is impure, that which is wicked, that which is unclean within us, doesn't like those words. Are you, hearing, you, you follow what I'm saying? And so we hear those things, so in humility we have to say, okay, I will receive the ingrafted word. I will let that seed grow within me. I'll put out, I'll put out stinginess, selfishness, withholding, I'll put out hoarding and holding on to, and I will take in giving and sowing. It's not just in the realm of money. It's a lifestyle. It's in the realm of love and care. And in every realm, it's not just money. It's in every way we become generous and we become givers with our love, with our smile, with our heart, with our attitude, with our time, with our stuff. In every way, we're embracing now God's higher way of thinking 
thinking. And if we'll in humility receive that engrafted word, let it get in the soul and put out the contradictions to that. We have to confront those contradictions because they want to rise up. Then what will happen is we'll start partaking of the life and the peace and the, and, the, and the goodness of God. And when a second thought comes up, you better take it captive. Amen? Why? Because if I don't, I will receive nothing from God. He who has a double mind and allows a double mind to exist. I mean, if you know, wherever you give place to a double mind, which one's going to choke out the other one? Well, it tells us right here. Jesus told us it's in red. The unclean will choke out the clean. The pure will choke out, I mean, the impure will choke out the pure. So we have to be very, very vigilant. We have to be very alive. Today I want to talk to you in the few minutes that I've got left about how to, how to know if you need more, how to know if you need more confrontation in the weed removal realm. You thought I was with True Green. <laughs> Pastor's Landscape Service. Patch and patch at your service right here. How to discern, how to discern. I want to talk to you a little bit about how to discern. Just a little bit more about how to discern. Do I need more weed removal in my life? How to discern. First of all, number one, examine your behaviors and your actions. Examine your behaviors and your actions. Well, that seems pretty simple. That seems pretty obvious. Yeah, but sometimes we compare ourselves to others and conclude we're all right. Sometimes we diminish what's going on with us in our behaviors, in our actions. Sometimes we justify what we've done or what, we've, what we're doing. And so, and so my prayer for you is that instead of justifying, instead of denying, instead of comparing, instead of pretending, instead of diminishing, that you really examine your actions because actions are springing up out of something wrong in the heart. The something wrong in your heart is related to, connected to the demonic realm. It's a spiritual thing. Remember Ephesians 6, 10 and following, for we wrestle not with flesh and blood. It's not a flesh battle, but we wrestle with spiritual things. It's a spiritual issue. That's why some of our actions, some of our behaviors are a little off. And we need to watch for those things that just kind of happen even once in a while. That outburst of rage, that outburst of anger, that, that outburst of stinginess, that outburst of profanity. We need to watch for little actions that spring up because the Bible says, Jesus says, again, the words of the Lord, if you want to go with me, Matthew 7, 17, even so every good tree, everybody say good tree, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. 
Verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20, so then you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. You will know what? Well, you not only know the topic here is the prophetic ministry, but you will know them. You will know them what? The tree. You will know a tree by its fruit. Most of us do not walk up and examine the bark on a tree to conclude what kind of a tree it is. Most of us look at the fruit on a tree and conclude the kind of tree that it is. And likewise, it is with us. Now, our lives are a little bit more complex than one tree. But I believe we can deduce some things from these parables that God's given us. For instance, on the weeds and now on the trees. We can deduce some things. And my heart is for you, my heart for you is that you would see your life as a multiplicity of trees. Your life is a little more complicated than one tree. Your life is actually, your soul is actually a multiplicity of trees. And each tree is either flourishing and functioning by the seed of God or the seed of this world system. Restored life is the ministry built and developed designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502. 253-922-1502 and ask about the Restored Life classes today. And so we have a multiplicity of trees within our souls and those trees either spring up and produce good fruit or they spring up or grow up and produce bad fruit. And so we ourselves, we have to recognize, all right, there's a spiritual battle going on and, and, and I can win in this spiritual battle and I can examine the fruit and by the fruit I can know something's wrong with my root system. And if something's wrong with my root system, that's great, that gives me great hope because root systems are correctable. In fact, he says, if you've got a bad tree producing bad fruit, he says, get it out and cast it into the fire. Get the bad tree out. Get the bad. So a lot of us, what are we doing in religiosity, in Christianity? A lot of times we're examining our fruit and we are dealing with our fruit all the time. And we're kind of repenting of bad fruit and people are confronting us about bad fruit and we hear about bad fruit and lots of things are happening with the bad fruit, right? So lots of bad fruit talk and we go to the psychologist to talk to them about the bad fruit and we have all this bad fruit. And so a lot of our focus is on the fruit. It's not on the root. But Jesus says, if you have bad fruit, no, 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 no. Don't attack the fruit. The fruit is not the problem. The fruit is a secondary problem. Nobody likes bad fruit. And you keep serving that to folks and their mouth puckers up when you serve it to them. You don't even like eating it yourself. It's not profitable. You can't sell it. What are you going to do with all this bad fruit? So, of course, but he says the primary issue is don't try to change the fruit. Have you ever tried to turn an apple into an orange tree? I mean, into an orange. He says the primary issue is don't try to change the fruit. Work on the root. Work on the root. So I, I think that, that this, is, this is 
so powerfully relevant to us. I, I think we have a self-tree. I think we have a spiritual tree. I think we have a sexual tree. I think we have a vocational tree. I think we have a money tree. I think we have a recreational tree. I think we have a relationship tree. I think we have a serving tree. All of us have within us a need to serve. All of us have a need with, I mean, all of the, the, the unchurched folks that I spend time with or hang out with. One of my friends is a part of the Odd Fellows Club. The Odd Fellows Club. Oh, yeah, it's existed since they came over on boats from England or something, you know. And the Odd Fellows Club, and it's odd because they believe in benevolence. They're philo... Thank you. And so they like, they like to run around doing things for people and giving away money and stuff. See, so all of us have this need to serve, but, but are we serving to gain are we serving to get? Are we serving to perform? Are we serving for attention? Are we serving so we have the name on the brick? Are we, you know, or are we serving out of love and out of compassion and because we're new creatures in Christ and, and we're empowered to serve? You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502. 